Good morning. It's good to be with you today. This is the last day of the year, and this is the best way to spend that last day of the year, and that's together in the presence of God. When you came in this morning, you were handed a whole bunch of stuff. It's almost like you need a book bag. You were given a magnet, you were given a booklet, you were given a bulletin. For now, put the booklet and the magnet to the side. We're going to walk through that in just a little bit. All you need right now is the bulletin opened up to the inside page where we're going to start talking about several things here in just a moment. So glad to have each of you with us. It's important that we honor and appreciate our fellowship that we have in Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful, wonderful occasion to be together. His name was Hyman G. Rickover. He was an admiral in the United States Navy. And he was in charge of interviewing recruits for different positions. He was known to be no-nonsense, cutting through the chase to ask questions just to see how cadets would do under pressure. So intimidating was he that he had the front legs of the chair sawed off two inches so the chair wouldn't sit level. One of the cadets was a man by the name of Jimmy Carter, who later became President Carter. And as he was interviewed by the admiral, the admiral said, how do you stand in your class? And Carter was kind of proud. He says, I stand at 59th out of 820 cadets. And then with a glowing stare, the admiral said, have you always done your best? And Carter knew he couldn't lie. So he kind of dipped his head down and said, no, I haven't always done my best. And there was a long silence. And the admiral said, how come? And that phrase stuck with Jimmy Carter. After he became president of the United States, he wrote an autobiography about his life. And the title of his book was called, Why Not the Best? And in a lot of ways, a lot of us could say, in a lot of different avenues, no, I always didn't do the best. We go back to our school days, and some of us said, no, I really didn't do the best I could have done. Sometimes even our worship to God, sometimes it just hasn't been the best. And so that brings us to what we're going to be talking about this morning and introducing to you. And that is our theme this year, bringing the best. Every year we spend a lot of time at the end of the year, September and October and November, thinking about what we want to do next year for you. How we can help you get closer to Jesus. How we can help you get stronger in the Lord. And in just a moment, as we talk about the book, I'll talk about the, the ideas behind this. But bringing the best is a concept we see both in life and we see it in the scriptures. We see this in a lot of different avenues. We see this in the business community. There's just a plethora of books today about excelling and about bringing the best, getting out of the rut, being above the mediocre or just the average. That concept is found over and over in the business community. Don't just be normal, be the best. We see this concept in the world of academics, where high school and grade school and especially college teachers try to bring the best out of the student to get them to excel. Don't just settle, but you have so much potential. This is seen in the world of, or in the world of athletics and sports. The L.A. Dodgers just signed this guy right here. $700 million for 10 years. The highest paid athlete of all time. He's good. No, he's not. He's the best. 
You see, you don't pay $700 million to someone that's just good. You don't pay $700 million to someone that's just average. But someone who they believe is the best, you will do that. And so when we turn to our Bibles, this concept just flows over and over and over. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, Whatever your hand finds to do it, do it with all your might, he says. For there's no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you're going. Do things with all your might. In the book of Colossians, Paul writes this, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Again, this idea of bringing out the best. When he wrote Philemon and talked about that runaway slave Onesimus and how he needs to take him back, Paul would say, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know you'll do even more than what I say. You're not asking for what's sea level. You're not asking what does it take to pass. I know you're going to do even more than what I say. In the book of 2 Corinthians, in chapter 8, verse 3, For I testify that according to the ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. They brought forth the best. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 3, and in verse 12, And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all the people just as we also do for you. To have that abounding spirit in the Lord. He would say in the very next chapter, For indeed you do practice it toward the, all the brethren who are in Macedonia, but we urge you, brethren, to excel... Still more. That idea of bringing forth the best and how important that is to us. Again, just a couple other examples that's not on your outline there. In Acts chapter 9, as the Bible talks about Dorcas or Tabitha. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. Once again, just that spirit of bringing forth the best. At the end of 1 Corinthians 15, the apostle would say, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I want you to see just all through our Bibles, this is the spirit that we find. That God is the best, and we need to bring our best to the Lord. We find this same spirit in a lot of our hymns. We find this idea of let me walk close to thee. Not from a distance, but close to you. More and more about Jesus we sing. Draw me nearer and nearer. And so all of that is just kind of a reflective of a spirit and of an attitude of bringing forth the best. We go back to the Old Testament. We find in the book of Exodus that when they were supposed to make a sacrifice, they just didn't go out and, and grab some animal. What did they do? They found a lamb, unblemished male, a year old. They, they brought the best to God. Again, that's that idea. When we think about the priests going before the God in the tabernacle and later at the temple, they were to purify themselves, cleanse themselves, wash themselves, shave themselves. Why? Because you are coming before God. And again, you are to be the best that you can be. We see in that same regard that those who are considered unclean were not allowed in the presence of God. Why? Because you're not bringing the best. You're unclean. And so they were not to be around the God in that tabernacle. If you get your Bible, turn with me now to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. 
And we'll, we'll see one illustration on the screen here, but I want to walk you through some more here in just a moment. As we think about how Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount emphasized the same concept. In verse 51, 52 of Matthew chapter 5, here Jesus will again emphasize this idea. It says in verse 21, rather, 21, it says, You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder. Whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Whoever shall say to his brother, Rekha, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. Whoever shall say, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go to the hell of fire. God says, not enough to say, I've never killed a person in my life. Oh, I thought about a few. No. Bring the best inside and outside. Continue that very thought on, if you will, in Matthew. Look at verse 27, verse 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Inside, outside. Bring the best to the Lord. Look at verse 33. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told that you shall not make a false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And then verse 43 and 44, same chapter. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your enemy and love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What was Jesus doing? He was taking it to a higher level. It's not enough that you just do these things. I want you to be better than that. I want my disciples to be better than that. And again, we see the opposite of this in a couple of Old Testament examples. In the book of Amos, chapter 8, verse 5, saying, When will the new moon be over so we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may open up the wheat market? They couldn't work on the Sabbath. Can't wait for church to get over so I can go out and make some money. They weren't thinking about the Lord. They were not bringing the best to God. And in Malachi chapter 1, but when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts. And so what we're going to look at is bringing forth the best. Living with mediocrity is not the way to go. It's living with simply no intention, no goal, no purpose in life. And there'll be a lot of people come tonight be making goals and plans and resolutions, and within a month, those things will go away because they don't put any heart behind that. It's the idea of being satisfied with as little as possible. What little do I have to do to get to heaven rather than how much can I glorify my God? It's always having an excuse ready. Always got something that, that here's why I can't do this. It's the idea of lacking passion and zeal. It's letting procrastination run your schedule. And it's not reaching your potential. I believe this is on your outline, but I like this quotation. It's time to stop looking through the windows of faith and come in and join the warmth and the love of our Lord. And I wonder how many of us have spent a lifetime looking through the windows, but we haven't come in. It's time we brought our best to the Lord. 
pursuing excellence in all areas. And let me just stop here and say this. One thing I really appreciate as we were coming up with this theme is how in our Sunday worship, so many of you are already doing that. You're getting here early. You've got God on your mind. Sam was here at 7.30 this morning, coming to get everything all working so everything would work just perfect. Our song leaders do a great job of picking out hymns that's going to really connect you to God. But we need to pursue excellence in our families, and in my devotion, and in all areas of our life. Let me ask you this question. Other than Sunday morning in a church house, how's your life any different than someone who's not a Christian? Now for some people, say, well... Basically, we watch the same shows, we go to the same places, we have the same friends, we do the same things. And what I want you to see is there ought to be some radical, radical differences between my life and someone who's not in Christ. Not just on Sunday morning, but every single day of the week. Pushing yourself to greater levels. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Living beyond the daily grind. Doing more than what is just expected. Growing and becoming and being transformed day by day and by realizing you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's the idea of bringing forth the best. And as we have done over and over through the years and talked about these, we'll be preaching about these concepts and we'll be developing these ideas throughout the years, but throughout this year. But we want you to see that's what we mean. It's not just I come and I sit back and I watch. And I'm going to go home at 11.30, no different than when I came in, unchanged, unmoved, uncommitted, unmotivated. Is that giving my God the best? And so we're talking about a spirit, a DNA, a culture, an attitude. And we want to see throughout this year how God has been so good to us. We must overcome things that we have been told through the years and we've come to believe. Some of us grew up hearing, you will never amount to anything, and you've come to believe that. You're not as smart as your sister. You can't do anything right. And so we, so we settle for average, typical, normal, substandard. That's where we find ourselves. But when we come to the scriptures, we see something totally different. Now, some days it's hard to bring forth your best because you don't feel well. Some days it's hard to bring forth the best because sin is knocking on your door. Some days you're stressed and you're worried, but with God's help, you can get through these things. Now, if you will, let's take our booklets, and let's walk through our booklets here. And so, what we do here at Charlestown Road, for those who are visiting with us, we don't just get a theme, and then that's kind of a neat little phrase, and we lay it to the side. Our theme is the spine or the backbone of this church. All we're going to do this year is based upon bring the best. We're going to have gospel meetings. They're going to be based upon bring the best. When we have a VBS, it's going to be based upon bring the best. When we think about our summer series, it's based upon bring the best. And so bring the best even outlines the type of classes we're going to be teaching this year. This is a major, major part of this congregation. And I want you to know when you're... Vacationing in August and September and October and come Thanksgiving, November, and you're just thinking, man, the year's about over. It's all these holidays. The leadership here is really burning a lot of midnight oil 
in prayer and thought and study to think, what do we need to help us? And that's where we're going to be. On the bottom of every page, there's a page number. So turn to page one, it's right inside your cover, and we're just going to walk through this. You'll notice that there are some little colored bars down there, and that's just color-coded with how this book is laid out. So later on, you can look at these things. We're not going to read every word in this booklet. A lot of you have the next day or two off. I would encourage you to just take this book. It only takes about 10 minutes to read this whole thing. It's real short. But just to go through and read it all, get familiar where we're going and some of the things we're going to do. Page two, bringing the best. At the very top there, that's what God is. Creation. You think of mountains, waterfalls, oceans. Have you all noticed the last two or three days the moon? I mean, it's like a headlight in the night. You ever think, man, that's awesome. Our God has made that. And then you think about the Word of God. I'm reading two or three books right now. I'm reading a book about Mark Twain. He wrote it himself. I'm reading a book about the Kennedys. I just finished one yesterday about Restoration Preacher. And then there's the Bible. None of those books are even close to the Bible. God gave us the best with his word. You think about Jesus. God didn't look down from heaven and say, man, these people made a mess of their lives. I'm going to send some old angel down there and straighten it up. He sent his son. The son of God died for us. God sent the best. The blessings, so many blessings. We can't even count them. And then we think about heaven. Heaven's not going to be like this place. What a wonderful, wonderful thought that is. Page three of your booklet. This is the vital page here. Two main things come out, page three. Number one is our groups. Our groups are open up for anybody wherever you find yourself to fit. Now, if you want to be a teenager, but you're in your 60s, sorry, you can't be in that group. Sorry. You know, just that boat has sailed. Okay. But there's a lot of groups. And if you can fit in two or three groups, you can fit in two or three groups. That's just fine. And then at the bottom of this page is our koinia connections. Koinia comes off of the word fellowship. And what it is is the matching. You and someone of this congregation of the same sex, and you go out and spend an hour or two together, or four or five hours, as some of you told me. You may go out to eat. You may go do an activity. But what it does, it gets you closer and closer together. It's more than just coming in Sunday morning, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. And off we go. I I really know these people. These people I can count on. This is my family, and this is important. And these two activities right alone is one of the best things you can do to really get into the heart of this congregation and to be connected with those things. Page four. Page four is our calendar for the year. We're going to start off with a spring meeting with Dan Langford. And April 13th is a Saturday. We're going to have a scene on that Saturday before Dan uh, kicks it off. And Dan is just a wonderful song leader. He'll be leading in that. Uh, we'll have VBS with Nathan Ward. When we get to page six in just a minute, we'll talk about that. Our summer series. And we're going to bring in these different preachers from all around. Some local, some far away. Russ Bowman, Noah Dieselkamp, Joshua Welch, Mike Richardson, Brian Price, Daniel Dietrich. Once was among us. Chris Huntley, that's Elaine Gephardt's son, Eric Parker, and Tim Jennings. That will be our summer series this year. There will be a Ladies' Day in September. In October, we'll have a Saturday and Sunday event with Scott Wyatt on singing. And then, once again, we'll have the men's leadership in November. Now, you should have gotten one of these. That's a calendar. Stick that on your fridge. If you need to get another one to take it to work, you can do that. 
And starting tomorrow and the next day, when you start thinking about, honey, where are we going to go for a vacation? Let's look at this first. You don't realize how many times I go preach someplace and the Smith family's gone on vacation this week. Didn't they know there's something going on at church? And so arrange your schedule around that the best you can. And that will help you so much. Page five. What we do is we take this theme and then we subdivide it by quarters. The first quarter, we're going to talk about God is the best. He deserves the best. And as you notice there in those boxes there, God's name is sacred and special. God's word is holy and perfect. God's people are a holy nation. And our classes here in just a moment will uh, kind of emphasize that concept. Page six is the second quarter. And this is what the best looks like starting on the inside. And this is where we're going to have our VBS. Nathan Ward has done a lot of writing about prayer. And for the first time, we're going to make the kids VBS and the adult VBS match each other. We're going to talk about prayer. Prayer for the kids, prayer for the adults. And again, this is that idea of giving God the best. When I talk to Christians and I ask them, what's one area you feel like you could get some improvement on? Almost 100% they say, I could pray better. Just not happy with my prayer life. And so we're going to bring in somebody who has done a lot of study on prayer to help us with that concept. And so that is something that we can look forward to, something that will be good along that line. Page 7, third quarter. Third quarter is how we're going to treat one another. And our summer series, the hymn we've chosen is Exalted. And it's a great hymn. And you'll see the different expressions listed there that come out of that hymn. And the different men who will be presenting that. Tonight, I'm going to jump ahead here for a minute. Tonight, we're having a song service. And we're doing something special tonight. We've done these summer series since 2016. We've always had a theme hymn. So tonight, we're going to go back to 2016, 17, 18, all the way up and sing all the theme hymns that we have chosen. And I think that'll be a good reminder for us. Page 8. Page 8 gets us into the fourth quarter, be a year from now. And from this, we want to develop the culture of the best. Always the best. When I'm at home, be the best father I can be. Be the best prayer I can be. Now, when we're saying this, what we're not emphasizing is, I want to be the best preacher in the brotherhood. No, I'm not. I cannot be that. But I can be the best Roger I can be. And you can be the best Napoleon that you can be. And you can be the best this you can be. And the best that you can be. We may, we're not trying to be the best church there ever was. But we're trying to be our best to honor God. And that's the concept we're trying to bring from this. Page 9 is our classes. And let's just walk through some of these real quickly here. Our classes will begin next Sunday, these new classes. And special to us is that we offer four adult classes on Sundays. What, what a wealth of information. What choices to have there. Now, Jason's building blocks that's been in B2 will now shift and be in the auditorium for the first and second quarter on Sunday mornings. He will be going through the book of John. In B2, I'll be talking about the glory of the Lord. We're going to talk about how God is the best and, and phrases we use such as praise, adoration, honor, all. We're going to talk about those phrases that surround glory of God. Jimmy Polk is teaching the class about just knowing the Bible. And if you've never just been through the Bible, 
You need to be in Jimmy's class. It's a great class just to teach you what the Bible's all about. And then we're blessed to have Ron Fraser with us, and he's going to be talking about insights into the language of the Bible. It's not a Greek class. It's not a Hebrew class. It's words that you need to know. It's like John 3, God gave us only begotten. What does only begotten mean? Ron will help you with that. And there's a lot of words that he's going to be using, words that will help you in your study of God's word. And so this will flow throughout the year. As you know, it's the second quarter. I'm going to be teaching the book of Leviticus. Most people kind of want to run as fast as they can from Leviticus. But Leviticus is that idea of priests. It's the idea of sacrifices. It's the idea of bringing the best to God. We're also going to have a small class on 1 and 2 Peter. In the Wednesday night section, in second quarter, we're going to offer a woman's class. Just for the ladies. Be more details given as it's a little bit closer to that, but that'll be second quarter, Wednesday night, a class just for the ladies. The rest of the classes are listed there. But, but, but what a wealth to have so many choices. And it may be as you sit down over lunch and you look at this list here, maybe you'll circle, I want to be in this class and I want to be in this class. And it may well be husband goes one class, wife goes another class, because I'm just interested in those things. What a blessing it is for those things. Page 10, 11, 12 are our Lord's Supper reflections. Those that uh, lead us in the observance of the Lord's death need to keep this booklet. You know ahead what it's supposed to be talking about, and those passages will be listed. Page 13. Page 13 is a little message from the shepherds here. And you'll notice we've been doing this for 10 years. For 10 years, we've been trying to outline different ideas. You've heard us talk over and over this year about finish what was started. But you also hear us talking a lot about heaven bound or life the way it was supposed to be or I am his. Those are phrases that come from this theme. And you'll be hearing all this year and hopefully forever and ever until Jesus comes again, always bring the best to God. Then on page 14, what a wealth of information there. Every day. We have these little calendars. They're on our website. You can get it electronically or here. Daily Bible reading. If you don't have an own system of reading the Bible, here's a little program you can follow every single day to read your Bible. Monday through Friday, I write a blog called Jump Starts. We also have three podcasts every week. On Fridays, we have Friday Fives. Our sermons, our classes are on the website. Why what you see is there's just a well. I, I envision this almost like a 12th century Renaissance time period. And there's this big banquet table. And there's a big old roasted turkey right here. And there's a duck. And there's all this fruit. And here's all the chocolate. That's where I'm sitting, where all the chocolate is. Now, not everybody's going to eat the turkey. Not everybody's going to eat the duck. Not everybody's going to read. They're not, I'm not into reading, so you may not, may not read Jump Starts. But I like to listen. So we have a podcast. We got two or three more ideas we haven't put on here yet that we're, we're shooting around to kind of think about how we're going to do that this year. But the point of this is what you have to do is bring a fork and come to the table. What a shame it is for somebody in this church to starve spiritually when there is so much on the table. And you don't have to eat it all. You cannot eat it all. But there's just something there for everybody. And for someone to grow away from the Lord, for someone to die spiritually, something is simply not right. Bring your fork 
and enjoy these things. Now, if you will, turn your Bible with me to the book of Matthew, once again, chapter 5. So that's where we're going. Lots and lots of plans. Been lots of meetings, discussions, phone calls, lots of things all lined up to get ready for this coming year. And that's the important thing to see. How important it is that we as leaders of this congregation help you get stronger in Jesus. And as we end today, if there's questions you have about some of this, we'll be happy to sit down with you and talk to you about some of these things, help you see. But what we have is a roadmap, a pattern, a plan. You stick with this and stick with this. I believe by this time next year, every time you walk in the building, I'm giving my best to Jesus. I'm not staying up anymore to two in the morning on Saturday night. Why? Because I'm tired on Sunday, and that's not the best. He deserves the best. And pretty soon we're going to get that. And pretty soon we're going to understand he deserves the best. In Matthew chapter 5, at the very end here, in verse 46 and verse 47, Jesus says, Matthew 5, 46, but if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. A long time ago, over 40 years ago, when I first started preaching, there's a little phrase in verse 47 that stuck with me all my life. What do you do more than others? What do you do more than others? Can I attend better than what I have attended? Can I give better than what I've been giving? Can I be more engaged in the work of this church than I have been? Can I let my light shine better than what I have? What do you do more than others? As intimidating as Jimmy Carter set before that admiral, I think it's going to be more intimidating to sit before Jesus Christ and for him to say, I want to read you one verse out of the Bible you owned. And I want to ask you, what did you do more than others? And I think it's something we all have to look in our hearts all about. A little boy one day was in his backyard. And there was a big rock in his backyard. And he's trying to pick that rock up, trying to move it. He's grunting and sweating and doing everything. And the rock didn't even budge. His father came along and watched him for a little bit. And the boy's pulling and straining and grunting. And the father said, are you using all your strength? And the boy says, yes. And the father said, no, you're not. So the boy dug in a little harder, pulled and grunted and strained. And the father said, are you using all your strength? Yes. The father said, no, you're not. A frustrated little boy said, what do you mean? And the father said, I am right here. And he hasn't even asked me. And I wonder, as we think about this past year, how many of us try to get through the difficulties, the trials, the hardships, the sorrows of this life? How many of us try to pick up rocks, and God is right there, and he said, you haven't even asked me. Our strength is not in us. It's in Jesus Christ. And so that's where we're going. I hope you're excited. I'm excited. I, I think it's going to be a great year for us, Lord willing. We don't know what's all going to happen this coming year, but what we want to do is put our hope in Jesus Christ. We need to give him the best because he has given us the best. 
Years ago, when we lived in Kansas City, they used to have a thing with the schools that if you had perfect attendance or near perfect attendance, they would give the kids tickets to the Royals. Kansas City Royals stank back when then. It was 10 years we were there. They, we, we always tell people that they did the fans a favor. You didn't have to look in the standings. Just go to the bottom. There were the Royals. Always in last place. Always. The joke of town was when the police pulled you over, they gave you tickets to the game. That's how bad they were. Well, our youngest one had perfect attendance. So he and I went to the game. We were sitting second row from the top. And other than the alcohol, because mama wasn't with us, we ordered everything. She probably wouldn't let us eat everything. We ate hot dogs, nachos, cotton candy, peanuts. Man, we ate popcorn. We just ate everything until we were almost sick. I remember telling Joe one time, Joe, if you look way down there, I think there are baseball players down there, but I'm not sure. Listen, heaven's not going to be like that. Revelation 22, verse 4 says, you will see his face. The best of God. And when you read passages like that, it makes you look at your service. It makes you think, God, forgive me the times I played on my phone during church. God, forgive me the days I slept during church. God, forgive me the times when I, my, my mind was in la-la land. I wasn't even thinking about anything. He gives the best. And we need to do our same. This morning, if you're not a Christian, what a great way to end this year. Be baptized in Jesus Christ. Start off by doing the best thing you can ever do in your life. And that's be realizing God is your Savior. Be baptized for remission of your sins and to walk with Him. And for the rest of us, I hope this starts getting into our DNA. And gone are the days. And I'm thank, so thankful our song leaders don't do this. But I've seen this so many times. Song leader walking to the front. He's fiddling through a songbook. Let's sing number... Nah, let's not. And, and you can tell he has not picked out a song. He's not prepared. Gone are those days. That's not the best. The song leaders are thinking on Monday what they're going to lead on Sunday. That preacher is working on Monday for what he's preaching on Sunday. We are thinking and thinking about because I want to give God the best. Because he is the best. If you're subject, won't you come as you stand and sing?